Yeah. Got him. Roll, bro. Fratelloni's Hardware Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 949. Ooh. October 21st, 2022. 88 degrees on this day in 1947. Man, the late 40s and early 50s. They had some beautiful autumn days. 16 degrees on this day in 1913. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, what? John Height in the newsroom, Wayne for Tony. and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor. Joe Sushi. You know what the Cody Mats told me this morning on the number nine via weather? Hmm. We may have an 80 on Saturday. Well, that's great, but it wouldn't be a record. Sure it would. No, it wouldn't. I thought you said we just had our last 80. Well, we had our last 90. <gasps> oh. Huh? Say, we have Tom Hauser joining us in a bit. There's a new Alpha News poll out that shows Jensen in the lead over Walls. I saw that. You know, polls are worth the paper they're printed on, but that's interesting, isn't it? I Very wonder interesting. how much of the most recent debate influenced that poll, well, in all seriousness. And Hauser was there. Mm-hmm. And he's also, isn't he hosting another gathering? Yep. And, uh, man, if I catch you on your phone or looking at that TikTok today, you're done. <coughs> I was, no, you're done. I was texting a source based upon information you had requested earlier. Well, we do need a source. We need the name of a parole agent. Although it'd be unfair to pin it entirely on a parole officer. Uh, By the way, everyone I've talked to has, like us, has no recollection of that eight-inch snowstorm two years ago. I remember yesterday we noted that on this day, in on this day two years ago, yesterday. We had eight inches of snow, and no one I've brought that up with can remember that. I remember thinking. When we had that early snow, it was a bummer because I, I, that's coming back to me a little bit, we hadn't done the fall cleanup. We got uh, those maple trees, and we'd usually pick up all the leaves, and I thought, this is going to really stink. I hate to do this, and I wouldn't have read it. It's a Nick Ferraro story in the Pioneer Press. But I read it. If I wasn't doing what I do for a living... I wouldn't have read this story, and my life would be better for it. Unfortunately, there are a variety of stories like this. This one's particularly egregious. This one's tough, man. A 17-month-old girl died Tuesday, two days ago, three days ago. Mm after being severely burned with hot water by her mother's boyfriend and repeatedly assaulted by him at their Maplewood apartment, according to a murder charge. Ramsey County prosecutors on Thursday charged Terrence Valdez Leslie, 26, with second-degree murder in connection with the death of the girl named Jamari. Leslie, who was arrested Tuesday, remains jailed in lieu of $2 million bail. Well, the criminal justice system is now getting tough, huh? Because mm. they certainly should have a bail of at least $2 million. And is scheduled to make his first appearance on the charge today. Is there a Ram- case where no bail can be set? Yes. I wonder why that wasn't used here. Made a, uh, made his fir- will make his first appearance today in Ramsey County District Court. The girl's 18-year-old mother was also booked into jail on the murder charge Tuesday, but later released after investigators found she had no direct involvement in her child's death, Maplewood Lieutenant Joe Steiner said. And this POS is 26? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. An wow. autopsy by the Ramsey County Medical Examiner's Office showed Jamari had burns to her face, shoulder, chest, right forearm, bleeding in the brain, and arm fractures. Other injuries were consistent with sexual assault. In my 22 years of law enforcement experience, I've never investigated a crime more disturbing or heinous than this murder, Steiner said at a news conference. 
Police say uh, Leslie took cell phone videos of some of the assaults before Jamari was severely burned. Words cannot fully capture my feelings about what happened to this innocent and helpless young child, Ramsey County Attorney John Choi said. But know this, we will unrelentingly seek justice for her. Uh, as we'll discover here in a moment, uh, this might have been prevented. According to the criminal complaint, Maplewood officers and paramedics responded to an apartment building on County Road B East just before 7.30 p.m. on a report of a girl with serious burns. In a second-floor apartment, responders found Jamari with fresh burns to her right cheek, both sides of her neck, her right forearm, and her shoulder. She was lethargic and unresponsive. Mm. When medics removed her clothes, they found dark bruises all over her back and abdomen. Medics rushed her to the hospital where she went into cardiac arrest. She was dead at 9.53 p.m. Tuesday. An emergency room physician concluded that many of the bruises over the girl's body were old, indicating ongoing physical abuse. Well, then is mom off the hook then? She also had fresh bruises to her face. The doctor noted blood behind her eardrum, indicating a brain injury. Mm-hmm. Leslie told police that she fell into a bath of hot water while he was responding to his dog. He's lying. He said he was drying the toddler. He's lying. Her skin began to peel off. He said he then called her mother, who came home from work. But the burn patterns on Jamari did not appear to match the story, according to police. And measurements of the temperature of the hot water from the bathtub was not enough to cause the degree of burns the girl suffered. Officers also reported the bathtub was dry and the towels were dry. So he's lying. Jamari's mother told police the girl was fine when she left her in Leslie's care on Tuesday. She said he called her sometime between 4 p.m. and 5 p.m. and said Jamari fell in a tub of hot water and was burned. She said she returned home and spent time trying to arrange a ride to the hospital before authorities were called. She said she had been dating Leslie for two to three months, and they'd been living together for several weeks. After initially denying ever being abused by Leslie, she did allege he had punched and kicked her. She also said in the past few weeks, Leslie assaulted her while she was holding Jamari and that some of the blows struck the girl. Investigators got a search warrant to examine Leslie's phone and found four cell phone videos he took Tuesday. It also includes a a Google search about the degree of burns caused by boiling water. Wow. In a nearly four-minute video, Jamari is seen with bruised and swollen cheeks while sitting silent in a soiled car seat. At one point, Leslie aggressively grabs the top of her head with his left hand and snaps it to show the left side of her face. Jamari made no noise. She was probably tired of crying, huh? Later, he repeatedly swore at Jamari as she cried, which was followed by the sound of a loud thud. I was just going to say uh, there was several quotes from him talking about her crying mm-hmm. in this uh, police report. And there's no possible way, if convicted, that we can have him go through what that 17-month-old child A 48-second video nearly three hours later shows Jamari with large welts on the left side of her face. She's sitting on the floor in only a diaper, swaying back and forth, her eyes slowly closing. Her eyelids closed and her eyes rolled back. Out of view, loudly slaps Jamari on the right side of her cheek, rousing her awake. She opened her eyes. Here we go. Minnesota court records show Leslie was convicted of a charge of possessing a firearm by an ineligible person in connection with the shooting of a man during a robbery in North Minneapolis in January of 2016. Attempted murder charges were dismissed as part of a plea agreement, and he was sentenced to seven and a half years in prison in Feb of 2017. He was released from prison four years later and put on supervised probation until August 
2023. Leslie's criminal history dates back to when he was a juvenile. He was found guilty of threats of violence in 09 and a possession of a firearm by an ineligible person three years later. We have a means of finding out who his parole officer was, and we're attempting to find that out. And we should clarify, yes, he was under supervision, and yes, he has a parole officer. However, the parole officer can only do so much in a case like this. We should point that out. Meaning, meaning the parole officer is not going to be around him 24 hours a day. Correct? That's right. Yep. Well, well how... <clears throat> The, uh, we need to find out what amount of supervision. As far as I'm concerned, uh, the progressive ideology has blood on their hands. 100%. This is a guy that should not have been out of anyone's custody. The only winner in this is the little girl, which is a cliche and it's trite. Uh, but the baby's okay now. She's free. She's okay. Uh, Isn't that such a horrific At thing the cost of her life is, a, is really, yeah, it is sad. And it's unfortunate because you she's progressives not alone. have blood on your hands. You're fools. You're dreadful, dreadful fools. Seeing what his record is, and if convicted, how can anyone be any be lenient at all? Because leniency is the core dynamic of the progressive criminal ideology which is it to, to the to take it you to its extreme there can't is reform no this guy you yeah. can't reform this guy but there every every human well the two human beings in this story the male and the female are both destroyed the woman is just as destroyed as he is she didn't commit any violence that we're aware of but she was a helpless disturbed uh, soul to even put up with this this evil creature because he had also been abusive <clears throat> towards her mm -hmm. She's 18 and has a 17-month-old. Mm -hmm. So, unfortunately, she got an early start. Uh, and there's no indication that Leslie is the father of this child. I do not believe he well, is. Well, they've only been dating two or three months, I thought. Right. But I'm saying uh, where is that? we don't know where the real father might be, and neither does she, probably. And again, not to bring it back to politics. Isn't that fun? But... This, no, this bring it back to politics. But this entire idea of... of we're not gonna. We're not gonna have people that misstep, people that that commit crimes. If there's no accountability, none of this will change. If there's no accountability, this crap is going to continue to happen, and it's going to continue to get worse. Mm -hmm. And if you don't think that that's the case, then you need to freaking wake up, because the Joe, you've been you've been preaching about this for years, and it's so true. And you see it in minor forms every day. At least I do. The complete lack of value on life. That's a worldwide problem. And it can be something as serious as this, or it can be something as minimal as what I saw on my way to work today. And I've seen this countless times where it's, you know, it's it's a little jam-packed driving, and people are passing other people on the freaking shoulder on the freeway just because they're gonna save 15 seconds. Don't mind the fact you damn near wiped out a family that was in a SUV. Mm -hmm. Never mind that. But I gotta get mine. I gotta get to where I'm going. Right. And that's the world that we live in right now. And it's unfortunate, it's sad, and it's maddening. And it's not gonna get better before it gets worse. Okay. Yeah, I have nothing more to say about this except the progressive justice system has blood on its hands. And I, I, I say that with all seriousness. You people are uh, not serving the public. And well, you and, sure as hell didn't serve this baby. Well, and how about the statement by Choi? I mean, isn't he kind of the king? A little king, late, John. Isn't he the kingpin of soft on crime tactics? Mm, yep. And now he's going to pretend and get all tough? He's, no, he's, I'm sure Choi's upset by this. How could you not be? Well, but it's his type of ideology that allowed someone like this to be free. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. I don't know his role. I don't know his role. If, if uh, this Leslie Evil uh, committed crimes in North Minneapolis, Choi might not even have been involved. 
True, but isn't he the same one that said we're not going to prosecute right. any felons? That's right. From well, a routine traffic stop? Right. Okay. Yuck. I'm looking at all of my information here, and I'm trying to find something that will take us out of this tailspin. <laughs> Jesus, God. But this is one story, Joe, in Maplewood in a random week. Mm-hmm. Think of how many countless other stories are just like this happening all over the country mm-hmm. right now. I, I just found this one particularly egregious for the depth of this fellow's evil, uh, taking film of it and whatnot. It's just. But we've well, seen it play out. Remember a couple of months back, we had the story, I believe it was out of Atlanta, where two teenage girls killed somebody. And what was their chief concern? Can I get my cell phone back? You just killed someone, and all you care about is getting your cell phone back? Will you give me his name again, please? Terrence. Vergas? Terrence Valdez Leslie. Terrence Valdez Leslie. I just... His mugshot was taken as recently as 2021. I, I want... Immediately, I want to know what was his upbringing. Where did he go to school? It's what too was late his... for that now? I know, but I, just... I know what you're saying. But it's just it's too late. It's that horse left the barn. And I hate this again to go back to the progressive ideology. I hate this notion of well, incarceration won't fix him. Okay, it might not. But it would save that girl's life. But it would have saved this girl's life. It would have delayed, or it would have. Uh, would have allowed other people to not be impacted by this evil human being. I don't get that stance. Well, we don't have enough room. Then build more prisons. I don't give a damn. I found myself thinking that today. Let's build bigger prisons. Right. We got plenty of open office space. I'd rather do that than the the BS the progressives come up with to spend my tax money. Gender studies? I don't want a gender studies. Well, you go ahead and get a gender study degree. You ain't going to get a job. Right. Well, you do get a job. You end up back in the failed academy. It's self-perpetuating. I got a note from Howard who said, this email is hard to write. My wife and I are sending our daughter to the great beyond of the failed academy. I knew it was malignant with liberalism, my wife's phrase, but I truly had no idea. My wife and daughter are in Duluth this weekend looking at the U of M Duluth in St. Scholastica. First stop was St. Scholastica, which is a private Catholic school. Frankly, my expectations were shattered. This morning we attended, and this is written today, this morning we attended a welcome speech for the prospective enrollees, of whom there were about 250 in attendance. They were welcomed to this private Catholic institution of higher learning by uh, a man in a plaid skirt, ladies' red flats, a beard, a school t-shirt, and soft ladies' cardigan named Mark. Pronouns are they, them. God. We're screwed. What? This is St. Scholastica. Hmm. One of the speaker's comments, deeply rooted in our Catholic Benedictine values. I asked about audience, resp- I asked about audience response. My wife said, lots of squirming from parents and kids. <clears throat> it's bad out there. Still fighting for the center, Howard. Wow. Well, don't send your kid there. Right. What do you got? Oh, you know, I got... I got. Well, not before I tell you about EcoFun Motorsports. Okay. Because, uh, hell, it's going to be nice enough to ride scooters and electric bikes today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now, when you buy a, a, a scooter or an electric bike at EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake in Burnsville... You're getting 100 bucks off because you are a GLer. Smart. You tell them you're a GLer. You not only buy those scooters that turn urban errands into adventures or the uh, fascinating electric bicycles, but you buy it this month. They'll store it for you all winter. Nice. You don't even have to take it home then. I would, though. You can ride tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And also, there's 500 bucks off if you're a GLer on these really cool Crossfire 200 golf carts. They had a four-seat style and a dump box style. I'm getting the dump box style. I want to dump kids out of it <laughs> into a big pile of leaves or something, yeah. right? And uh, there's a great deal. I'm, in fact, I got a call because you got to make your reservation. Call 
321-8867 to reserve your spot at the Forest Lake location for winter storage. Tim Bloom or one of his people, they pick up your stuff at your home, your scooter or your electric bike, and then they store it for the winter and you get battery tending and a spring tune-up and winterization and storage up in Forest Lake. It's a hell of a deal. Uh, also, uh, great kids' youth recreation equipment, youth ATVs, helmets, apparel, great service. Uh, Kaylin Bloom, Tim's daughter, is an expert on fitting you in the correct electric bike. It's uh, it's in Forest Lake on 97, immediately west of 35, and in Burnsville on the service road near County Road 42 off 35E. It's ecofunmotorsports.com. <laughs> this guy wears many hats. This new Dylan? Yes, sir. Joe Suchere. Very uh, sobering, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Based upon your first segment. Yeah. Tom Hauser's with us, Channel 5 Eyewitness News, longtime political steadfast. You're here for one reason and one reason only. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can only imagine what that Does is. Does Jensen have a chance? Oh, of course he has a chance. I mean, despite... You know, we we had a poll late August, early September that showed him down by 18 points in our KSTP Survey USA poll. Yep. Uh, some people have been uh, critical of that. I believe in late August, early September, that was an accurate reflection of where he was. It was the week he had made the Nazi comments right. comparing right. our COVID response to what the Nazis did in, in Germany. It was the week... Uh, or the week after the inundation of ads had started from the Alliance for a Better Minnesota hammering him on the abortion issue. They just released their sixth ad in that series uh, today. And I think that was just a really bad week for him. And then our next poll a month later had him down by 10 points, which is much more manageable. It was a a 4.6, 0.6, I think, 4.2% margin of error, meaning that the race could be as close as four or five. And and now you've got some other polls that are. Are you aware of a digits. new? Uh, are you aware of a new Alpha News Trafalgar Group poll? Yes. That has Jensen leading walls. Yes, and uh, you know, okay. I and I and I will. You know, I, I I never like to denigrate anybody else's poll, but there's no question the Trafalgar group has a Republican leaning. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, generally pollsters who make their results known publicly and not just to a client, yeah. I generally give them a little more credibility because their credibility is on the line. Right. Who wants to put out a, a poll that you know, misleading. shows yeah. this... This uh, this number that I'm sure most Democrats will look at and mm-hmm. say, oh, well, there's no way that could be right. Uh, there's every possibility it could be right. And the fact that they're releasing it publicly, publicly. means they're putting their credibility on the line. If Walls goes on to win the race by 10 points, which is what our last poll said, but now again, we're going to have one more before Election Day. Uh, then their their credibility would take a big hit. So what I'm saying here is who knows? Right. <laughs> Polling right. is so much more difficult. It's never been easy, uh, which is why there's a margin for error in all of these things. Uh, but it's gotten increasingly difficult as people have given Tom, up Tom, what, what is the typical accuracy of a final poll in a given election like this? Do you know offhand? Well, I, I don't know that there is a typical. I can I can speak to KSTP Survey USA. Sure, sure. They have been remarkably accurate okay. over the years. And by accurate, I don't mean that in that they've predicted the outcome of the race because that's not what polls do. Polls tell you where do things stand right now. But you, and generally, you look at the last poll that is done closest to Election Day, and then you compare that to results to, to come up with what happened. To give you an example— uh, in in 2020, uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump, our last KSTP Survey USA poll, had uh, Biden leading uh, Trump by either six or seven points. I forget exactly. The ultimate margin was Biden by six or seven points. Mm-hmm. So it was right on. We've had that experience a lot with Survey USA. They are, that's why they get an A rating from the uh, 538. Uh, blog, which does a ranking of pollsters, they get an A. What's the right number? What's the right number? 
is it a thousand people? What, in your opinion, what is the right number of people to poll to get a, a feel? Well, think about that for a minute. When you're when you're talking about a state of 5.5 million people, there's not a big difference between our polls that might have six to seven hundred respondents and another poll that might have a thousand respondents. I mean that that number that's a minuscule number. They might have a slightly smaller margin for error, but any of those that are are statistically reliable, and we rely on our our pollsters. They do right. this for a living. Survey USA is based out in New Jersey. They do polling all over the country. Have a great track record, and they know they know the number that okay. they're comfortable with. Okay. Do you have and, Jensen and Walls this weekend on Sunday? Uh, no, uh, on our debate night. Yeah, uh, only Jensen. Uh, we are. And when is that? That will be Sunday night from six to nine. We will start with the attorney generals. Uh, are they debate. both? Will they both be? They there? will both be there. Why I, will Walls not be there? Do you uh, know? We, Soccer we game. Have, we have we have not been given we have not been given a reason why he will not be there. We were told, you know, early on that he wanted to do a statewide race and have as many people compare his positions to Scott Jensen's because he believes more people agree with his positions. And then when the invitation went out, not just from us, but also Almanac at Channel 2, I think Carol sure. Levin uh, made offers. I, I, I know Almanac would have been statewide. Ours would have been statewide. I'm not sure about CARES, but, you know, we have Hubbard has stations in all over the state. And it would have been a statewide debate. It will be a statewide interview now with Scott Jensen. So paradoxically, it's called uh, debate night, but only one guy will be there, which does not constitute a debate. So will you be questioning Jensen? Yes, uh, there will be me and two other panelists, Laura Lee, who is a reporter down at KAAL in Rochester, and Peter Callahan from uh, MinPost, who covers the Capitol. He has an office down the hall for me at the state Capitol very knowledgeable about what's going on. But we will have debates with the Attorney General and Secretary of State candidates. They have all agreed to show up. And I always give a lot of uh, stock in in candidates over the years who have been willing to debate anybody, anytime. Keith Ellison is one of those people. John Klein, the former congressman, mm-hmm. yep. who I'm sure you had on this show, he would debate anybody, anytime, because they thought it would. Dean Phillips is another one. They think it's their duty to give uh, potential voters, uh, you know, a, a look into who the people are who are running. Did you host the debate in Rochester? No, uh, that was uh, done by KTTC All right. down in Rochester. I did cover it. Uh, they did not have a live audience. We covered it, you know, uh, a live feed that we had of the debate. Is Walls hiding? You'd have to ask him. I, I don't. He's, he's he did a public appearance. We today tried at 10 to o'clock. ask him at the fair when he threatened to come on with us every day and never showed up. Right. Yeah. I, I you you would have to ask him what the strategy is. But I'm guessing there are political consultants who are telling him. You've heard the phrase a rose garden strategy. When you've got a lead in the polls, don't do anything that might get in the way of what, cutting. You into mean that like lead. speak? But wouldn't that <laughs> yeah. get in the way? Not showing up for. A debate like that, of that size, that would be a bad thing to do. If you, you're you know, ahead, you should just go debate. Uh, we, we actually did a, a poll question about that after we realized we were having difficulty getting some people to agree to debates. Angie Craig is another one who's only agreed to one debate. Wow. Uh, but 85% of the people we polled said that debates are either somewhat or very important for candidates to participate in. 85%. Wow. Wow. Now, we didn't ask a follow-up, will it impact how you vote? Uh, but of all the things that you might factor in, you know, if you're on the fence, you might go, well, this guy wouldn't even come and, well, and I tell guess me where he stands. One of the things I said the other day, Tom, was when we were reacting to the, the debate that was held out of Rochester, and Joe had asked aloud, well, why would he agree to that one and not, you know, and I had said, well, Jensen pretty much has a, a lock on outstate Minnesota, and maybe Walls just says, well, I don't want to potentially lose any voters here within the metro where more residents of the state of Minnesota reside. And I just think this is obviously a strategy on his behalf. Well, absolutely. And and it's all conjecture about why, but we all know there's political consultants who are involved, who are telling him, you know, what to do. He will do one more debate uh, coming up on Friday the 28th, so a week from today. Where? NPR at noon. Uh, I'm not sure yet whether there's a live audience for that or not. He has insisted on no live audiences for many of these. 
I mean, serious question. I wonder why. What the well, hell difference does it make? You know, I, I think in some cases, in, in, and I understand this somewhat, uh, the, the audiences are not as civil as they once no. were. No. <laughs> and, and well, an just, NPR uh, audience would be civil. But I'm talking about about both sides. Well, each side would would have the ability to, right. you know, you get 100 tickets and we get 100 tickets. Right. I, I even know this from going out and doing live broadcasts in places. People are not as respectful as they once were in these public venues. Well, I understand it too. Look at Farm Fest. I mean, that turned in that that turned into exactly what you're talking about. And I think that that was the until Rochester wasn't that the last time that those two had been together in, yeah, in a debate style format. And that was 12 weeks ago. So wow. we went 12 weeks, three months without another debate. We had one that could only be seen by a portion of the state, and there will not be another one. It'll be it's from our research. It's been at least. 40 years since there has not been a gubernatorial debate in Minnesota on statewide television. You're kidding. Oh, no, wow. At least 40 years. Wow. Well, that's... that's that, and I know that, I've, I've been here 30 years, and I know in my 30 years there's been at least one. Was there a sometimes reason? More. That blame has to fall to Walls. Jensen's available. Jensen mm-hmm. is... He wanted to debate once a week. Yeah. But that the challenger always wants to debate right. once a week. Sure, so. sure. Uh, you know, but in... And in, in, I don't mean to be in defense of anyone, but Walls is not the only one. Governor Walls is not the only one. This is happening across the country. Republicans and Democrats, if you're an incumbent, why give your opponent any oxygen if you've got a, a what you consider to be oh, really? a sizable lead? Interesting. So this is a strategy on both sides is what you're saying nationwide. Yes. Wow. I, you know, here in Minnesota, it's been a little more pronounced. Well, frankly, most of our all of our statewide office holders right now are Democrats. So that's why we're seeing the Democratic version of it here, because all of our statewide office holders are Democrats. 5.5 million people in Minnesota. That's almost, is that fewer or more meals than Feeding Our Future? Uh, that's right up there. That's a few, yeah. right up there. That's a lot fewer meals. <laughs> that's than fewer have, meals than they I, I, Joe, I did love your column the other day about that and about, <laughs> because it, it begged the question, the millions of meals, Remember, these are supposed to be meals for kids. Yeah. So out of the 5.5 million, I, I'm just shooting off the top of my head, maybe 1.5 million of them are kids. Right. Maybe a million are kids. And so then the math becomes even more problematic on the number of meals that were allegedly being served. It's a lot of food. It's a lot That's of a, food. <laughs> I don't know where they kept it all. And, and it's amazing. You just, you've got me thinking, and of course I've been thinking along these lines for quite some time, but every office holder is a Democrat in this state. And uh, every statewide office holder, every yes. statewide office holder is a Democrat. And boy, the silence on the food fraud scandal was astonishing. Just yeah. astonishing. Yeah. And, and you know, and that's going to be one of the topics uh, that we talk about um, in our debates, uh, because that does touch on the attorney general's race. What could the attorney general have done uh, to stop this? And then, of course, we'll ask Jensen about it. But we know where Jensen stands on that issue. He mm-hmm. thinks the the uh, state fell down on the job and did not did. catch any of this. Yeah, well, he's right. Jensen's who, right in that regard. And so the, the difficult thing for us doing, well, not really difficult, but we're going to do an interview kind of like meet the press style. Uh, the, the three panelists will be asking Jensen questions, but it's not our job to be stand-ins for the governor. We're not going to say, well, here's where the governor stands, right, so where right. do you stand? It's the governor's job to come up and represent himself. Oh, bleep him. Right. If he's yeah. not right. there, you have no obligation. So, But we, we'll ask Jensen just where he stands on various issues. It's not our job to say, here's where the governor stands, because that's his job. Wait a minute. I got a great idea. Tom, I'm talking ratings bonanza. <laughs> Sitting in for Governor Walls, the mayor, Joe Sushri. <laughs> yeah. Huh? No, I think you'd have a 15 share. <laughs> I think if you if you do a cut out of walls and you have the thing where the lips move a little bit, you know, it's just it's a really bad. What's your worst graded ad so far? I love I love you doing that too. I pay attention I to too. every single one. It has to be Angie Craig because you're not an ad she runs. It has a, a it, any truth in it. It was it was an ad in the Angie Craig race, but it was not run by her. Although after we gave the ad from I believe the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee an F for saying that Tyler Kistner was on the record as saying he uh, opposed abortion even in the cases of rape, incest, and to save the life of the mother. There is absolutely no record of him having said that right. anywhere at any time. And if there were, guess what? It would be in every single one of those ads. Right. So we gave that an F, 
But that did not stop the Craig campaign from coming out with its own ad saying the same thing. And then another group aligned with her came out and said the same thing. Now I have noticed they've tempered the ad a little bit to say that he, now they're extrapolating things here, they they say that Tyler Kistner thinks abortion law should be left up to the states. It is. Some states <laughs> have decided to ban abortion, even in the case of rape, incest, and to protect the life of the mother. Therefore, Tyler Kistner must agree with those states' laws. That is a That is a big stretch, but that is what they're trying to do. Every single race, even yesterday, I did a debate for at issue that you can see this Sunday with the state auditor's race, and the state auditor, Julie Blaha, trying to make the case that abortion is on the ballot in the state auditor's race. Something what? I something I never thought I would hear, but I heard that's all that's all the Democrats have to run on. It's wow. it is in almost every single ad. It is remarkable how they have hitched their wagon to this one single issue. It can might, Ryan Wilson can Ryan Wilson win that auditor's race, do you think? Oh absolutely. Yeah. In our polling, all three of the other statewide races other than governor are well within the margin of error. Those are all a couple of them are toss ups. I don't and want a state auditor focused on abortion. I want a state auditor focused on numbers. Then you don't want Kim Crockett. She's dangerous. Well the, the re- I wondered who did the voiceover <laughs> yes. on that. The the reason so. they're doing it, it it's not well, frankly, the economy and crime are not issues right now that work in favor of, of Democrats. You don't that's say. Really. That's why you don't <laughs> see that in the ads. But the abortion issue is all about driving turnout. Whether, whether oh, your race right. has yeah. anything to do with abortion or not, you got to turn people out. So every race, even the auditor's race... They're bringing because you're the begging order. for those one issue voters that are going to turn out right. Because that, that's that's what they're banking on, yeah. and it's it's a it's a high risk, possibly high reward strategy. But we're not going to know until November 9th. Right. That's the day after the election. Thank you. I do know. I do know election day. I think that's a Wednesday. <laughs> yes. What that's do you envision? Uh, last question. What do you envision for the nation on November 9th? I I think the. I think there is going to be a, a Republican wave, mm-hmm. uh, maybe not as big as it would have been absent the Roe versus Wade decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I think ultimately, when a voter either mails their ballot in or they go into the to the uh, election place, they're thinking of things that impact them every day. And in this case, it's the economy and the fear that they're going to get carjacked. Right? They're not thinking about. Boy, what if a family member of mine needs an abortion? Now there are that could sure. that could happen to any any woman, but it's not something that is impacting people every single day like crime and the economy mm-hmm. does. That's why I think Republicans are going to have a pretty good day on election day, but I think it might be blunted a little bit by the abortion issue. All right. Sunday night, you can catch Jensen with Tom Hauser. Yeah, 6 to 9, you'll get all three of those races from yep. 6 to 9 yep. on uh, KSTP. And just to clarify, you're not taking votes for stand-in. So if someone emails you to stand in for Governor Will, that that's not an option, correct? Yeah, it might be for my own amusement, ah, but right. no. Gotcha. Uh, and gotcha. by the way, our invitation to Governor Walls remains open sure. right up until the time Just like ours debate. did at the fair. Yeah, so if he it's wants to open. make a last-minute decision, we would So it'll be him. like when Rook and I organize a happy hour and we always invite Joe, and he says, I'm not coming, I'm not coming. We're just still going to... We'll Look at the door. Maybe yeah, hopefully he's going to walk in. That squeaky door you opens. look to see if the, if the, <laughs> if the doorway is darkened by his shadow, but it sounds like it doesn't happen. Right. Thanks, Tom. Right, don't thank forget about add issue on Sunday morning. Sunday yeah. morning at ten o'clock. Got yeah. it. Thank you. Spiral light candles at your service online at spiralightcandles.com. I've been telling you about spiral light candles for some time here. That it was uh, formed in the garage. It is a Garage Logic family that runs this business. And if you go to their website, the selections you can see, sizes, colors, scents. Maybe you want an unscented candle. I'm not sure why, but maybe you don't want that. They have that available. The Cylinder Index candle is available, and you don't even have to have the secret handshake. You just go to spirallightcandles.com. See, they burn in a circular motion. You can see video of it at the website. And you know what? It's kind of a talking piece. It's Bring it over there for a uh, um, housewarming gift. It's fine. Thank you. What is this? Oh, it's not just a candle. It's a candle that burns in a spiral motion. It's not a boring candle. Check them out online. Sp- the stair candle. 
I'm just getting the steer candle right now. <laughs> SpiralLightCandles.com. Let them know you heard it on Garage Logic. Ready to hear the song. I felt sorry for Boudreaux last night. Yeah, boy, I didn't see much of the game. I was fixated on a very fine playoff baseball game, but uh, I uh, the Boods has had some bad losses, man. They've been He's ahead in like, every game, and they're winless. Yes, and they, they've, this was the first time they hadn't been ahead by two goals. Yeah. But uh, once I, I saw the three on three, and uh, once you started, once you saw the difference in skill level of the guys they put out there, you knew the boots wasn't going to get out of that overtime. The commies so, got some quick hands, Pat. I'm going to go out on a limb. He does. He does. How they end up with like the goalie ended up with his back turned to him, and there was a big pile of his own teammates in front. Man, they were running around like. Uh, the proverbial chickens with their heads cut off yeah. there at the end, weren't they? Yeah. So, uh, so they got a win, uh, and the flower actually, from all I'm hearing uh, from Judley and others, the flower was really good the last. Uh, yeah, he played very well. Second, played very second well. Second and third periods wasn't that good early, but uh, second and third period, and that might have uh, bailed them out a little bit. Uh, so, the one thing though that I've never understood, and obviously he's a Hall of Fame goalie, he always decides to play so far away from the net. On occasion, I think that's what gets him into trouble. He'll so be much. all right. He knows what he's doing. No, I get that, but he's not the athlete he used to be. He's thirty-eight years old. <laughs> yeah, so is yeah, Rogers. Well, he's a he's a wanderer, so uh, but that's okay. He's uh, uh, you know they had to get a win. You don't want to start a uh, four-game homestand to start the season and go and leave zero and four, or even you know with, with with one point for a tie or something. So. Pat, when you, when you watch these baseball playoff games, you really learn how far away the Twins are, don't you? Yeah, the, uh, what they bring out of the bullpen. Wow. <laughs> how about crazy. Ryan Presley? Yeah, I Our think guy, he'll pitch I, every game. Uh, well, he could every time they're going to try yeah. to clinch it. Twins could use a he, guy like that. I'll say. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they uh, they went through the suffering with him when he was a rule fiber. What? He got to go back to fifteen or sixteen, doesn't it? I haven't yes. looked it up. Yes. And uh, they, they, I remember fans really getting down on him when he blew a couple lines. And you know, he's, he's supposed to be pitching in Double A. What do you, you know, give him a chance here? I always liked him a lot. I had some good conversations with him. Good old Texas boy with a big truck, and he'll go out and shoot an animal. Well, how did how the Twins? Uh, <laughs> no, how did he leave here? They traded him. Uh, they traded him to Houston for. Alcala, who's got a bad arm and has been shut down, and then uh, the uh, very mediocre Gilberto Celestino they oh, yeah. traded him. But that was when they were—that's when they were dumping guys because they uh, 18 when they were, uh, you know, they decided that when they got to the trading deadline that they should stock up the farm system with young phenoms. So they traded Escobar, and that's how they got Duran out of that trade. But. Uh, to uh, Arizona, but the the Houston thing hasn't worked out too good. He's a, uh, you know, he's got. They were talking about it last night, and they're right. He's got about five different pitches. He throws a slider, a curveball. He can throw ninety eight. He now he's got a changeup too. He's uh, he's got a variety. He wasn't as sharp last night as he was in game one. No, I agree. In, he was yeah. fantastic in game one, but. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're. I don't think Dusty's reluctant. That's pretty good, with all the arms they have in the bullpen when they decide to make him the closer. And he was thirty-three out of thirty-seven in the regular season. So it's been a clicking sensation the last couple yes, of weeks. Has. Yes, it has. Yes, yes. Well, last night was the first game that I did not leave very often. Mm-hmm. The Yankees made some ungodly plays in the field. As to their infielders made. Mm-hmm. About three fantastic plays uh, last night. You know what I love? They had the roof open. The wind was yeah. swirling. Yeah. And, and I saw Aaron Boone's quote. He might be right that uh, he thought that Judge's ball stayed in the park because the roof was open. Yeah. That the ball doesn't carry quite as good in there when the roof is open as when it's closed. And uh, I thought when he hit that one, it was it was out 
it was, and it certainly would have been out in the, I mean, it certainly would have been out in Yankee Stadium by about eight rows. What, so. what major <laughs> right. league field has the shortest right field? Yankee Stadium. And I heard a great uh, quote of regarding Judge. There's just as much money in right field as there is anywhere else. Yeah, right, oh, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he, he figured that out uh, fairly early. Uh, unlike our guy, Big Miguel Sano has yeah. never realized that uh, when you're uh, when you can hit a ball 430 feet, uh, it's okay to hit it 410 to right. Too. That's you right. That's okay. Yeah, you know, and just just that pitch away. Instead of trying to hit it up there in that left field second deck, just hit it out over into that porch. Right That's right. Field. Pat, right I had asked field. aloud yesterday, you know, I don't know who to root for in the ALCS, and then it dawned on me last night watching the game. You know what I'm rooting for? I'm rooting for a dogfight seven-game slobber knocker so these two wear each other out, and that way my Padres can beat whoever comes out of the American League. That's what I'm rooting for wow. now. Now, how did you decide you're a Padres fan? Oh, I've been a Padres fan for quite some time, Patrick. You know that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I always no, adopt I whatever team I like the best. I'm not a big yeah, Philly guy, yeah. so I'm rooting for the Padres. Yeah, well, this is like my reason for rooting for the Wizards, you know. <laughs> the other day. I'm rooting for the Wizards because my niece's husband is their chef. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got a legit reason. Yeah, yeah. They're, nice they're damn guy. near family to you. He's a nice guy. I went to the wedding. Uh, you know, I want him. I don't want him to say, "Okay, we missed the playoffs again this year. We got to get rid of the chef." Right. Right. <laughs> we, we don't want. We don't want him to blame that. So, uh, Can the Gophers I, win at Penn State? Nope. No. Okay. No. 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 All right. I don't. I don't believe so. Although, did I? See Judd told me this morning they're only a four-point dog. That's, That's because both starting quarterbacks are not expected to play is what I was under the assumption yeah, of. But the one team is, I mean, Michigan beat them bloody, you know, Penn State, but my God, that's not the same as what the Gophers have done the last two weeks. That's still a pretty fierce defensive team, Penn yeah. State. I, I don't see them. Plus, Joe, they have the feared annual white out tomorrow oh that's no. right yes everybody's gonna wear their white shirts so oh no 107,000 people there'll be 2,000 gopher fans there <laughs> and the other 105 will all be white and how can you expect it to win during the white out you can't win during a white out no you can't not, not during the white out the white out is gonna get us man so what we'll Remember? have is we'll have the white out like a fresh blizzard of snow and a couple of yellow dots like dog urine throughout the entire <laughs> yeah right <laughs> I'll tell you what, that is something. I've been up there twice, I think, up two, three times maybe, up on that plateau where they put 107,000 in there and uh, on many days. And uh, the uh, I, I got the one day I was driving up. This was before the Sandusky scandal. And uh, Paternos was doing his – they were replaying Paternos Wednesday night weekly show – and to get on the Paterno show and ask a question, you first had to tell him how fantastic he was for 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody who called, it was what a privilege it was to talk to Joe, how great a Joe was. Everybody had the preamble of how wonderful Joe Man, was. Man, maybe if we had done that, you would have taken phone calls during the ride with Roycey. Yeah, that's true. He could have called in and say, Pat, what a privilege. <laughs> <laughs> that was true. Hey, I heard from uh, my old, our old friend Manny. We was unhappy that he hadn't wished me a happy birthday. He says, "I hope you had a great birthday." And I said it back. I said, "Manny, they are great by definition at my age yeah. because uh, they exist." That's why they, they they are occurring. That's what makes them great. Man. Will you pay? Uh, will you pay rapt attention to uh, Padres at Phillies tonight? I am going to the Timberwolves game. So oh my I god! Will not. I'm going to go watch uh, Rudy Gobert take on his former team, the yeah. Utah Jazz, tonight. Yeah. And I'm interested. I think I like this guy already. I like his attitude and his and uh, as somebody said. Oh, we on Twitter to me. He said uh, he looks like the adult in the room. That's yeah. a great yeah. definition. With, yes, yeah. with the rest of these, uh, you know, Edwards going four for seventeen and not thinking about you know what 
how much time there is in the clock and D'Angelo and Cat. Did you you didn't see any of that game the other night? Did you? I did. I uh, that was last night, wasn't it? No, that was two nights. I'm ago. sorry, uh, I did not see they it. They're they're screwing around the whole third quarter. They're screwing around the fourth quarter. They're still not put this team away, right? Mm-hmm. They finally throw the ball out front to Cat, and he's a really good three three point shooter from out there. And he makes his three, and it puts him up by like seven or something, eight maybe. And it's, it, it pretty much guaranteed they're going to win the game. And he's coming down. He kicks out and kicks the guy uh, that's guarding him like two feet away. And they take away the basket and call a foul on him. What is he doing? Yeah. It was just stupid, immature, idiotic stuff that he still does. I, I don't know. Do we ever he, learn about his health? Uh, obviously, he must be fine. He's fine, but he did. He did. He talked about all the weight he lost, and he has, he is skinny. Yeah. I mean, he is thin. He's 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 saying two thirty five or something. I don't believe that. But, wow. Uh, he, he usually plays in the two fifties. So uh, he he did he did have something that made him sick, and it wasn't COVID. But who knows? I don't know what it is. He is a, he is a if he told us, then we wouldn't be talking about as much, right? Right. He, he wants us to. He loves the drama. Man. Yes, he does. So yeah. He won't. He won't tell us. But he's also still their best shooter. He's the guy that uh, they. The thing about that game the other night, it's the last game of the year that they're going to win when Edwards and Cat go six for twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, between the two of them, six for twenty-seven. That ain't going to get her done again all season long. Pat, we'll talk to you Monday. All right, gentlemen. Have a good weekend. Thank you, See you Patrick. Thank you. Bye. I got a note from John Noon in Dallas, Texas. All right. And I love it when GLers help the old mayor with his clients. Especially out-of-state ones. October is National Estate Planning Awareness Month. I did not know this, and he said, I'm not making this up. Is it worth mentioning during an Eckberg Lammer spot? Of course it is. Just trying to help. Johnny Fargo and DFW. Nice. About 20 miles south of the Dallas batch of the country's tallest buildings. Eckberg Lammers has been creating estate plans and wills for more than 70 years. I hate to tell you this, you're going to kick the can. And when you do, you don't want your family to be struggling with what you left behind. You want it all organized and keep it out of the hands of the courts. And that way your family gets everything settled just the way you would wish it done. If you don't think you need an estate plan, think again. You have stuff. And if you don't have a plan in place for your family, the courts will decide for you. The estate planning team at Eckberg Lammers can help you make sure your estate will transition smoothly the way you want, maybe save you some taxes. They also can help if your family's trying to shift some property around. Those things can become problematic. Uh, Eckberg Lammers will not let that happen. They've uh, been building this in the communities through long-term relationships with their clients for more than 70 years. I have an estate plan. If you don't have one, I highly recommend it. And uh, they're great people. And to top it off, of course, they're GLers. But to really top it off, this is Estate Planning Awareness Month. You can't beat that. No, you can't. Call Eckberg Lammers. They're going to get you uh, all fixed up. And as soon as I find their phone number, I'm going to tell it to you. Here it is. Call Eckberg Lammers at 439-2878. That's 651-439-2878. Or visit Eckberg Lammers at eckberglammers.com slash will. Right. It is, and if you are going out and about this weekend, why not stop in at a Scratch Kitchen located right here in the Twin Cities? I'm talking about 30 Bales Restaurant in downtown Hopkins. You know Todd and his family, they're the crew, and they've been supporters of the Garage Logic podcast for some time. I got a great email from Bill, says Reeves, thanks for the recommendation on 30 Bales. The wife had the Ahi Tuna BLT, which I have not had, by the mm. way, but that sounds fantastic. I myself went with your advice and had. I'm so jealous. The pot pie? Yeah. 
Oh, I mean, short rib pot pie. Is it? That's pretty tough to beat. It is. It was very good. And if, by the way, craft uh, cocktails made right in house at Thirty Bales Restaurant. But if they have food for anybody, whether it's a picky eater, a healthy eater, a burger lover, it doesn't matter. They're going to take care of everybody in your family. You've got family in town. Take them to brunch. Brunch Saturdays and Sundays from ten a.m. to two p.m. Happy hour Tuesday through Friday, 3 to 5.30 p.m., and lunch Tuesday through Friday from 11 to 3. It's a great spot for anybody, whether you're on a date, whether you're bringing in family, it doesn't matter. Go into 30 Bales. Please let Todd and the crew know that you heard about on the Garage Logic podcast and see their entire menu online at 30bales.com. Joe? We've been wondering who might really be behind the food fraud scandal. <laughs> I'll say. Because we're just operating on the idea that it was so massive although there's probably bigger ones in the country, but here a quarter of a billion dollar food fraud scandal, and we kicked around the idea somewhat facetiously, might it be the mafia? And I said yesterday, no, the mafia wouldn't be that stupid. Right. And uh, Brian Matura sent us the, uh, and we can't play it because of these damn FCC rules. Not FCC, copyright laws. Well, copyright laws. He sent us the YouTube clip of the scene in Goodfellas <laughs> where the gang has successfully uh, pulled off that Lufthansa heist. Right. And now they're having a Christmas party when some of these Goombas show up with new cars and mink coats. And Robert De Niro uh, starts to go crazy. And he said, yeah, Brian writes yesterday when he said the mafia wouldn't be so stupid and purchase all of these expensive items which would bring attention to them. I instantly thought of a scene from Goodfellas, the best mafia movie ever made, in my opinion. I concur. The gang is celebrating at a Christmas party as they just pulled off the Lufthansa heist, and Jimmy Conway, Robert De Niro, scolds the rest of the gang as they show up, one with a pink Cadillac and another who bought his wife a $20,000 a $20, mink coat. He repeatedly says, what did I tell you? Don't do anything to bring attention to yourself. Are you stupid? Oh, it's Are you stupid? Fantastic. And that's exactly right. Don't bring attention to yourself. But it was a wedding gift. It's in my mother's name. I don't care, you stupid. <laughs> and then GLers. He takes the mink coat right yeah. off the gal and says, yeah. get rid of this. Dude, do it. You stupid. Uh, GLers, as only GLers can, link because euphorians uh, cannot link. Uh, people in Liberal Lakes can't link and Diversityville and uh, what have you. Uh, let's go with uh, Tom Fraser, who's going to link crosswalks, uh, the pedestrian law, okay. to my uh, tirade I had the other day, maybe it was yesterday, about stay on your own side of a busy street when you go for a walk. Well, that was a couple days ago. So you don't stop traffic. Why right. do you have to cross the street to continue your walk? you got a whole bunch of area over here to walk. You're saying if you need to cross the street, pick a much less trafficked street, right? Kind of. Oh, Christ. I was supposed to say, please use dad of three for name. Sorry. His name's Bob Miller. Okay. I already blew that. I don't know why he doesn't say anything in here untoward. Joe, I owned a car repair business for 30 years and always had a, ma a machine to monitor HCs, hydrocarbons in essence, uh, unburned particles of fuel, and CO, partially burned particles of fuel, which is akin to soot. That background and the dashboard information available on many vehicles that displays what your current MPG makes me question the law of the land that brings motor vehicles to an immediate stop when a pedestrian walks into a crosswalk. All vehicles achieve their best mileage and least pollution when they're cruising and the worst mileage when accelerating to increase speed. Sure. The same principle makes me a huge proponent of traffic circles versus intersections with stop signs. I now drive a school bus in my retirement, and the amount of fuel expended and the pollution created getting that big yellow baby to speed up again because a casual walker and fluffy can continue to the coffee shop without breaking pace baffles me. See the linking there? That's a good point. They hate yes. cars. They hate fossil fuels. They don't want anything to do with it. And yet you're making the fossil fuel engine work harder by demanding that it stop. And what's missing from the, that line of thinking in those laws? Logic. Logic. Well, here we'll go to uh, Jenny Rowan. Tree inequity and hatred of independence. 
On yesterday's show, you spoke about the lack of green space and time in nature unscientifically related to lifespan. A light bulb finally went off for me. The same they who claim the urban poor are disadvantaged because of a lack of trees and time spent in natural spaces are the same people who hate the American dream and Mm -hmm. want to contain the population in urban centers. Disingenuity and hypocrisy are as easy as breathing by these people. You need gardens and trees and green spaces, but stay in the urban areas where we can control access to the man-made nature that we'll put there for you. And you'll thank us because we are saving your life. The people they supposedly champion are being used as pawns while the rest of us are demonized. That is, a, that is the awakening that I hope to see play out one day on a nationwide scale. Why too many people buy into this? Jenny in Monticello. And Bert had the same similar thought, uh, emailer Bert. I find it interesting that we are urged by the left to live in sustainable high-rise rabbit warrens in the bustling urban core with no automobile and are then told about studies that we have tree inequity and living with nature prolongs our life. You can't live on the 15th floor of the Bolshe Arms and have trees or an indoor garden or much of one. You can also get you also can't get in your car and go out to nature as you don't have one. I suggest tree inequity is imposed upon itself by the left. These clowns cannot link. No, they can't. That's a great. These are great thoughts by GLers who know how to link. And the rest of these morons have no clue how to link. So you mentioned the uh, the fuel consumption based upon acceleration. I am going to post that video that you and I watched earlier today. I believe that was also sent by Kelsey mm-hmm. of the amount of time it takes to recharge a Hummer electric yep. vehicle at, at the guy's house. Expl- explain what we watched. A guy is gonna he di- he just films himself a little YouTube video uh, showing how long it takes to charge his Hummer, and. Uh, think it in one application it depends what what kind of his circuitry he's using right. but what the one application with a normal play took four days four days he was at four percent four he's days backed up in his own driveway he plugs it in through some type of adapter to his own wall unit and he said oh this will be charged in four and a half days yep. and then he had something called a juice box yeah that did that it quicker that was but it was still more than 24 hours right right so only because they come to us all the way from Marlith Park in Umpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans at WorldwideWaftage.com. On this day in 1850, October 21st, Swedish settlement in Minnesota began when Carl A. I got to change my cheaters. When Carl A. Fernstrom, Oscar Roos, and August Sandal built a log cabin on Hay Lake in Washington County. Huh. Right? And on this day in eight in 1967. 1021. In 1967. 1967. What happened in sports? Hold on, I should know this. October. Wait, were, well, it's, it's North Star related. How uh, do you know? Well, that's that was their inaugural yeah, season. Yeah, you're pretty good. Okay. It was their first home game. Thank you. The North Stars uh, played their first home game, beating the California Seals 3-1. to one. Who'd they become? Okay, I want you to find out. I meant to look that up. Look it up real California. quick. California Seals might have become a Let's team the Guns owned in Cleveland. And then that team merged with the North Stars. California Seals California. were based. It's a Charlie Finley team, I think. Uh, okay, you ready? Yep. The California Seals... Were in 1961 to 66 were the San Francisco Seals, a minor league team. Then they became California. Then they became Oakland, the Bay Area Seals, the California Golden Seals, and the Cleveland Barons. That was right. They became Cleveland until 1978. And then what happened? That was it. I think then the Barons merged with the North Stars. Is that right? Well, they uh, George and Gordon Gund. Owned um, look the, at you. They were reclined. After just two seasons, the team merged with the Minnesota North I'll Stars, now the Dallas Stars, boo hiss. As a result, the NHL operated with 17 teams during the 1978-79 to 79 season. Don't uh, ever doubt my memory. No, not when it comes to hockey especially. Man alive. Ohio did not have another team, obviously, until the Columbus Blue Jackets joined the league in 2000. Wow. 
The Kansas City Scouts became the Colorado Rockies, who became the New Jersey Devils. The Quebec Nordiques then became the Colorado Avs. There you go. Just a little hockey trivia. Have a wonderful, warm weekend, GLers. I'll say. You going you gonna to hit him today, bro? Uh, no, I've got stuff to do. Okay. Uh, this weekend in this wonderful weather, why don't you do us a favor and hit the subscribe button on the Garage Logic YouTube channel. There we are posting daily content for your amusement. And you can also follow us along on all of our social media channels, which is, of course, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Download that PodMN app and search all sorts of various podcasts. And if you haven't done so already, join the Garage Logic Town Council for just $10 a month or $100 a year. You're going to get 24-7 members-only live audio stream full of recordings, best of segments and replays, a council membership card, you, a window when you, claim. When you went to find Hauser, it was just me and Rook in here? Yeah. And we didn't say much, and we just said, how do you like your 10 bucks now? All of that and more. Just go to garagelogic.com and... Uh, Yeah, you can sign up for all that joyous material you'll have. Have a good weekend. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today.